This podcast is produced by Discipleship.org, championing Jesus' way of disciple-making. For a 10% discount on the National Disciple-Making Forum this October in Nashville, Tennessee, register at Discipleship.org and use the promotional code PODCAST. Producing this episode, I'm Chad Harrington. This episode is an introduction to what Discipleship.org is all about. The founder, Bobby Harrington, shares his own story about being a disciple, how the organization started, and his heart for the national gathering this fall in Nashville, Tennessee, the first of its kind. My name is Bobby Harrington, and uh, I'm the director of Discipleship.org. How did Discipleship.org start? So Discipleship.org started actually as a something I wouldn't have picked for myself. Like, I really care about disciple making and discipleship. In fact, it took me uh, probably until my late 40s to realize that I think all my life, Jesus has been calling me to a focus on discipleship and disciple making. See, I grew up in a, in a cultural context that was a post-Christian context in Canada where people had thought, as long as you had some Christian affiliation, you're going to be fine with God. And I realized that no, unless you had a personal conversion experience where you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that you weren't saved. And then it's not just a conversion experience, but actually a life of what George MacDonald called true discipleship, where Jesus really was the Lord of your life on a daily basis. Well, for me, it was more theological uh, and in some ways just a, a ministry emphasis, but actually to realize that the concept of disciple making and discipleship, that's what it's about. It's about helping people trust and follow Jesus every day. And it's about doing it the way Jesus did, which was through relationships. We started discipleship.org actually about three years ago. Todd Wilson, who founded the Exponential Network and is a very dear close friend of mine, kept encouraging me to devote myself to some broader disciple-making, discipleship-type things. And and at first, I thought the idea of doing a national conference was like the last thing I wanted to do. So Todd encouraged you to start a national conference on disciple-making. Take me back to how that moved forward from there. What happened is Todd Wilson and I went to Israel. And uh, I can remember it like it was yesterday. We were sitting in the evening on the Mount of Olives. And uh, we were looking at the old city. And uh, we actually came up with the concept of a national disciple-making forum, and we kind of dreamed about the guys that we could have. The time Francis Chan was big into disciple-making, of course, we knew that Jim Putman was, Bill Hull, uh, Robert Coleman, who so many years ago wrote the book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, which is really the gold standard of Jesus' method of discipleship. So Todd and I, we just dreamed about it, and we came back, and I felt led by God, and I said, okay, I'll do it. So my first task then was to get a website. And one of the rare times in my life, I try to pray every day and throughout the day, but I was praying. I was actually in the shower and I'd done a little bit of preliminary research on website names. 
And I thought it was going to need to be, you know, discipleship central or... You were doing this research in the shower? <laughs> I, was doing, I was doing the research for a couple of days before uh, landing on an earnest effort to get a website. So that day, okay, I was going to get the website and I was praying in the shower. And I just had this sense in my spirit to look for the name discipleship. And I can remember I was praying and I... And I said to the Lord, well, discipleship what? And there was no what to be added, just discipleship. So I did a Google search and I found the name discipleship.org. Now, I wasn't fully conscious that I actually could get the website. So Todd gets on the phone with me and we were talking about it. And he said, uh, Bobby, if you don't get off the phone and buy that website, discipleship.org, then I'm going to buy it. So I got off the phone and was able to get the website discipleship.org, which has been a great blessing. We're taking a break from the story to hear more about how you can grow as a disciple maker by joining the national conversation that's going on right now. For starters, join the discipleship.org National Forum for Disciple Making at Long Hollow Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee, this October 6th and 7th. This is a two-day conference specifically for you. If you're a leader of any type in the church, paid or unpaid, volunteer or on staff, pastors and laypersons alike will learn best practices for disciple-making today. It's on a Thursday and a Friday so that you can travel from just about anywhere in the country and still make it back for Sunday. This year's theme for the forum is called Culture Shift, Back to Jesus' Way of Disciple-Making. This conference is the first of its kind because 10 disciple-making organizations will all be in one place at the same time. Register for the National Forum for Disciple Making at discipleship.org. Get a 10% discount if you're coming by yourself or bringing a group that's not yet registered by using the promotional code PODCAST. And now back to the story. So what exactly does discipleship.org do? We pour gasoline on Jesus' method of disciple making. We want to help fan the flames of a movement throughout the nation and beyond. The call, the centralizing call to focus on disciple making for Christians, Christian leaders, and churches is so important. Uh, I think it's always been important, but it's even more important right now in the West as we face the challenges of the future. And it is the one transcultural thing that should mark all true Christianity. And we're talking about making disciples as a focus, as our central focus um, in what we do. Obviously, God himself is our central focus yeah. as a person. But what is this in contrast to? You're saying we're emphasizing this as opposed to... Well, I'll give you some examples. Um, there are churches in North America, the, the common thing is to emphasize the Sunday morning programming which is basically where a church devotes 90% of its energy to pulling off the best possible show on Sunday mornings. Uh, having great music, having great children's programs, having great preaching, uh, having great buildings. Uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, it takes so much energy uh, to pull off this great programming that so many Christians are just living their lives between Sundays alone without somebody to do life with them the way it's envisioned in the New Testament, and certainly it's envisioned in the way that Jesus uh, 
made disciples. So that's one example. An another example could be a highly, uh, what's often called a missional focus or a uh, serve the poor and the needy focus. It is really easy to spend a lot of your time and your energy, your best time and your best energy, trying to make the world a better place, trying to help the marginalized, uh, the poor, um, to help uh, the homeless and prostitutes. And I have a lot of good friends, and I, I personally have spent time coaching leaders who spend a lot of time doing that. And which is good. And, and all those things are good, just like having good programming on Sunday morning is a good thing. Right. But if we fail to engage each other in disciple-making relationships, which are helping people to personally live mm -hmm. out what it means to trust and follow Jesus every day in their marriages, in their places of work, in their relationships, uh, that's what we really need to do mm -hmm. to uh, really follow the heartbeat of God revealed in the life of Jesus. Which can happen on Sunday morning to a limited extent. It can happen when, when you're serving people physically or traveling into foreign countries, right? It can happen in all those contexts. But what you're saying is it can also be missed in those contexts. Yeah, here, here's the reality. Uh, the reality is that unless you have somebody intentionally uh, discipling people, the Sunday morning programming is going to be really shallow. Unless you have somebody discipling people, folks are not going to stay with serving the poor, the homeless, and the marginalized. They're going to get burned out. Uh, Mike Breen has this great uh, example of you've got this car, and this car is going to drive to all these places, and it's going to do all these great things, but the car is not going to go anywhere unless the motor is working. And the motor or the engine of the car of the Christian life is being a disciple and experiencing disciple making. So disciple making is the engine that drives um, service. It drives a community that comes together on Sunday mornings uh, for worship and praise and mm -hmm. children's ministry and those kinds of things. But the heart of really being true disciples is a relational disciple-making environment. And, and we're not just disciples of anybody. The fuel that, that keeps the engine going is, is discipling and being discipled centered on the person of Jesus. Disciple-making is all about Jesus. In fact, sometimes uh, people will talk to me about discipleship and disciple-making. And I say, you know... I'm not really about discipleship and disciple making other than I'm about Jesus. And I'll often quote Galatians 2.20 where Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ, yet nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That makes me a discipleship guy because I believe that. I believe that the life of Jesus and emulating the life of Jesus that I would live my life in such a way with God's help that I would live it the way Jesus would live it if he were living my life in my body. Ultimately, that's what disciple-making and discipleship is. It's about Jesus. And because we're about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father, that we have to be about disciple-making. And Dad... Um... 
paint a picture a little bit for me for what disciple making has looked like in your life personally, because, you know, this can become just, you know, it's a national discipleship forum. You know, it's a forum for national conversation, right? But like, when you get down to it, you know, you've got to live this out in your context. I know as your son that you, you know, you discipled me and my sister in the home. I've seen you live it out, but share with me a little bit what that looks like now in your life. So I personally am trying to uh, live out the discipleship lifestyle every day, trying to be a disciple of Jesus who makes disciples of Jesus. And so uh, in my local church, I, I'm invested in raising up my staff. I try to live a life with them as much as I can, like Jesus did with his disciples. Even being so bold as to say to myself, uh, I want them to imitate me as I imitate Jesus. That's not in all areas of my life. But by and large, I, I want to be that kind of guy. There are uh, men in my church that I'm regularly in relationship every week in uh, disciple-making environments. And then I call our church on a regular basis uh, that everybody who's a part of the church, that it's about being disciples who make disciples. And, and as you know, we define disciple-making as something that happens for both uh, believers and non-believers. Mm -hmm. For example, tonight we had some of our neighbors over for dinner and uh, uh, the one young man is not a follower of Jesus. And uh, I looked at uh, just spending time with him mm. as helping initiate the process of, I'm hoping and praying he'll become a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. And so um, to be real specific in my own life, I try to have 12 men that I'm investing in, three that I'm investing in more closely than the other nine but actually try to live such an intentional life that uh, I try to identify 12 people to disciple and, uh, you know, on a much more explicit basis. It's more than that because discipleship at the end of the day is not just the 12 people you're close with. When I'm preaching on a Sunday morning, mm -hmm. I'm discipling people. Preach it, brother. You know, it's, <laughs> it may not be as effective mm -hmm. as a close eyeball to eyeball yeah. conversation over coffee mm -hmm. but it still is a method of disciple making that jesus practiced that yeah. i want to practice as well and i think that's important to remember because we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. but what you're saying is we need to re-emphasize the personal the slow and the intimate parts of jesus disciple making method yeah somebody said that disciples are not mass produced but they're handcrafted one at a time. And I think that's a pretty good analogy. You, you can help people to be disciples in large gatherings, but what happens is it, it stops. It, it becomes shallow at a certain point unless you go deeper in relationships like what Jesus had with his disciples. Dad, what are some of the greatest challenges? I would say even what is the greatest challenge that you have faced in recent times, in making disciples in your local context? The biggest barrier that pastors face in the local church context when they decide they want to commit themselves to disciple making the way Jesus did it is the DNA of the current Christians. Uh, it's people who are a part of churches today 
or people who may come to the church that somebody's pastoring, they bring with them a DNA that's really focused on Sunday mornings. They want an excellent show. They want to, they want to mm. feel good. They want a worship service that just, you know, helps them to live their lives. And they want to keep it on a Sunday morning. Mm. Or maybe they've decided they don't like the Sunday morning focus. So instead, people want to be about serving and about reaching the homeless, the marginalized, uh, the downtrodden. And both of them, the people who focus on Sunday mornings or the people who focus on uh, uh, serving the poor and the marginalized, they're, they're often um, trying to focus on something that itself was not the focal point of how Jesus and Paul uh, and Timothy did ministry. The way they did it is the relationships were the springboard or the matrix or the center out of which, um, you know, Sunday gatherings uh, flowed out or service to the poor and marginalized. It, they would flow out of the fact that they, they were in discipling relationships where people were being supported and nurtured to follow the life of Jesus and go out and do these things. So what have you found helpful in overcoming those challenges of someone who's focused on Sunday morning or service or, or whatever else external thing that they're focused on that takes them away from true discipleship? The single most important thing, I believe, is that the leaders of a local church have to decide they are going to live this out. They're going to invest themselves relationally in uh, a small number of people uh, where they're going to be known, be vulnerable, and get to know other people, get up close and personal so that they can really in the lives of each of these people that they're investing in, help them to make steps toward maturity and living the kind of life that God calls them to. The fact that leaders actually decide they want to live out Jesus' method is the single most important thing they can do before they do anything else, including talking about <laughs> disciple-making on Sunday mornings. And places like you, You've yeah. got to be what you want other mm. people to be. Even you'll never be it perfectly, mm. but we have to be living out this life that we're calling the people in the church to live out. Yeah. Why are you excited about the National Forum for Disciple Making coming up this fall in Nashville, Tennessee? So when you look at the United States of America today, and I would include Canada in that, you will see pockets of leaders who are committed to Jesus' style of disciple making. My friend Dan Spader calls them bleeders. Uh, Bill Hall calls them discipleship first people. These are people and often ministries that are committed to disciple making the way Jesus did it. But they're individual voices that do not have the platform that they would have if everybody came together. And by bringing everybody together, you help fan the flames of disciple-making that's going on in different pockets of the country. You give it a louder voice, and you also create a collaborative community where these disciple-making leaders are actually helping each other out. For example, uh, it was great to get Robbie Gallaty, uh, who's a Southern Baptist uh, disciple-maker, spending time with Ken and Vaughn, 
who's in Memphis with Downline Ministries because all of a sudden they started collaborating and helping each other out. And uh, when uh, Craig Etheridge uh, with uh, Disciple First Ministries uh, starts to meet other people, uh, they start encouraging each other. So it's fanning the flames by giving a bigger voice, a more pronounced voice. It's creating collaboration between disciple-making uh, leaders and organizations. And the combined effort of all of this will hopefully persuade more and more people to imitate Jesus and Jesus' method of disciple-making. Preach it, brother. I'll be there. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and uh, what else would you like to add? The greatest thing for me is to be able to work with these other men and women who are committed disciple makers. To spend time with Bill Hull, who has spent the last 40 years of his life emphasizing disciple making, or Jim Putman, who planted a hugely influential megachurch around Jesus' method of disciple making, or Randy Pope, who lives all the way across the country in Atlanta, Georgia, in a totally different theological context, but whose heart beats just the same for disciple-making. And so the greatest thing uh, in terms of the ministry of discipleship.org is actually getting to spend time with these leaders, learning from them about disciple-making, and helping fan the flames of what they're doing, and helping other leaders to get to hear about it too. I, I get, I get uh, the pleasure of a front row seat on the best disciple-making practices today. If you would like to come, we would love to have you to come to our National Disciple-Making Forum and just go to discipleship.org for more information. You've been listening to the Disciple-Makers Podcast by discipleship.org. Learn how you can grow as a disciple-maker by visiting discipleship.org. Make sure to register and join us this October for the National Disciple Makers Forum in Nashville, Tennessee.